Welcome to Making Sense with Dustin Lamontang from Research Capital. My name is Bryn Griffiths. Dustin joins us. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Bryn. How's yourself? Fine, thank you. Let's uh, let's carry on what we discussed in our last podcast. We were talking about obviously what's been going on in Ukraine. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about on this particular podcast was sanctioned sectors to keep an eye on. Can we start with oil and gas? Because that's the one that everybody, at least over in Canada, is watching very carefully because it's just gone crazy. Well, yeah, I was uh, I was looking at the, uh, the budget when it came out, and I think it was based on uh, uh, $75 um, Western Select. Uh, and, and, and of course, Western Select today, as, as we're recording, is about $110. So uh, when, when I'm looking at the, uh, the Alberta budget uh, in 2022, by, by my crude math, un- unless... Uh, That's a bad pun. They, you just said a very, very, very bad pun there. You're... Yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> Not intended. Okay. Um, anyway, by my, by, my, uh, by my crude math, I'm, I'm thinking there's going to be about a $20 billion surplus. And, and it was just a year ago that we were projecting a $20 billion uh, um, deficit in Alberta. So uh, how, how things can change in, in less than a year, it's, it's quite mind-boggling that we're seeing the, the price of oil up, you know, 130, 140 U.S. a barrel. Well, when we were um, talking about this way back in September, you said there was going to be a surge, but this is, I guess we never really thought it was going to get to this. Yeah, and, and I think that the the equity prices all have higher to go because, you know, your typical fund manager out there is, is um, you know, basically a sheep. The way these guys get paid are, are trying to, you know, outperform the indexes, but what they don't want to do is they don't want to underperform the indexes. So what ends up happening is they, uh, they tend to buy things that look very similar to the indexes. So while I've had my clients, uh, you know, overweight mining and, and, uh, and oil and gold for, for about the past six months, um, a lot of these managers are now just getting on board. So when they start buying, they'll push up the, the Sin Crudes and the, or sorry, Suncores and, and the Canadian Natural Resources of the world. Because um, institutional money has largely neglected oil and gas for, for all sorts of reasons, but primarily because, um, you know, these managers wanted to follow the uh, ESG, uh, you know, eth- ethical and, um, uh, you know, uh, ethical investing that a lot of these um, pension funds have mandated. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the job of these managers is to make money. So they're going to go over the, to this towards the sectors that are making money. Right. Um, and oil and gas, because of the sanctions on Russia now, uh, prices are going to stay strong for quite some time. Um, to kind of move away from oil and gas, here's one that I'm hearing a lot about is wheat and agriculture. Obviously, because we are in agriculture country out here, but where do you see this going? Well, the the reason you're you're seeing a, a price spike is because uh, Ukraine is you know they don't call it the breadbasket of Europe for for nothing. Right. Um, if if you lose the the wheat harvest in Ukraine, um, I think what did I what did I see uh, wheat at uh, twenty twenty two dollars a bushel or something like that. You might get forty dollars a bushel on on wheat, which means we might be paying you know six dollars for that loaf of Wonder Bread right uh, at the store. It's not it, it it's it's real dollars and cents now coming coming home to roost, right? So, um, this this is uh, impacting uh, sectors and and of course um, to to produce that old agriculture, you need uh, you need fertilizer. 
And one of the largest regions for producing fertilizer is uh, Belarus. So when you take uh, when you take that supply off the market, now China will probably buy what whatever the Belarusians and, and the Russians can produce anyhow. Um, but when when you're talking about short term squeezes, that's how you get these uh, s- s- supply squeezes. You get the price hikes, and that's what we're seeing now across all uh, all types of industries. Another one you might not think of is uh, building materials. Russia is a huge exporter of uh, of lumber products. So when when uh, when 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 Europe Europe can't buy some of those products from Russia. Um, and, and the Asian company countries come on board, well, it, it could push the price of, uh, you know, just just a regular interior door or a, or a two-by-four through the roof again, just like we saw in the pandemic. So um, the the, uh, the impact on commodities and, and sectors is, is going to be quite stunning. Um, t- talking about uh, sectors that you wouldn't think of as well, um, you know, there's already a backlog in shipping. Well, how, how do you think these uh, these sanctions are going to impact the the world shipping industry? Right? Yeah. Um, we, we've got a we've got a system logistically which is set up for just in time inventory worldwide, and this is just throwing a whole whole wrench into that entire um, uh, manufacturing complex. So, very very interesting what's going on at the present. Can we talk about nickel? Because, wow, what a surge. I, I noticed that in February, at some point, it was like $10 a pound. It got to some point in March at $80 a pound. That's a pretty big jump in a month, is it not? It's crazy. Well, when when you when you start talking about those kind of gyrations, yeah, it is crazy. And, um, of course, it just touches those highs. And then, um, you know, it can drop back down really quick as well. But when you take, uh, you know, sanction 30% of the, uh, of the nickel supply off the market, um, which I believe is, is the percentage that Russia produces, um, Russia, Canada, and, and, uh, oh, I, th- I think it's Papua New Guinea account for, uh, you know, 70 to 80% of the world's uh, nickel production. So, um, that that's a huge, I, I don't think we've seen a squeeze on a, on a base metal like that in our, in our lifetime in history. When when the when the London Exchange just shuts down nickel trading, you know uh, something is uh, rotten in Denmark. Right? Well, well, let's touch on that for a second because I, you know, when we first talked about that, I was kind of fascinated as to why they would do that. Is that because this surge is just way too big and seems a little unnatural, or why why would they do that? I'm just curious. Yeah, they will they will do that for a number of reasons. One is if they can't. Uh, they can't actually um, place the, the future inventory, so the, the risk will get too great. Uh, but also, there's uh, th- there's um, these bans that they put on the market. So if something goes up uh, too too high, um, they they have them on the stocks as well. So I think on the Dow, is if it's uh, you know breaches three uh, percent, they'll, they'll put these uh, these trading bans in to okay. try and stem volatility a little bit. Um, in, in this case with the nickel, I think it's just a very unusual situation, right? Yeah. Um, but, a, you know, a nickel market is no different than, uh, you know, any other market. If, if you're if you're selling oranges in a market and uh, you run out, well, you don't have any oranges to sell. You can sell orange futures, which means you'll, you'll agree to deliver them at a future date. Yeah. Uh, but if you can't get the oranges at a future date, that's where the problem 
becomes, right? Might have to move to so, apples. Yeah, exactly. Hey, one other so, thing no, too, uranium is another commodity that I'm kind of interested in, especially right now. Are you finding other people asking about that? Well, this is uh, an interesting one because everything I read leads me to, 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 you know, conclude that there's, there's not a shortage of uranium um, supply out there, but the prices have been picking up. And, you know, when you get one country going into another and taking over uh, a nuclear power plant, right. um, you, you really don't know what to think in, in that sector. Right. Um, and, and then if, uh, if you cut off, you know, some, some of that supply as well, um, R- Russia does have a little bit of a uranium industry. Um, it, it can, it can further squeeze the prices, but I, you know, I, I think it's just one that creates a lot of uncertainty because of the risk associated, you know, with a, a Chernobyl type incident. Um, and also of course you start talking about nuclear that's associated with uranium as well. So it's, uh, it's an interesting sector to keep, keep an eye on, but, um, it's uh, yeah, Russia's changing the world here. Putin, uh, if he wanted to shake things up, he, he's sure doing a good job of it. If somebody, um, if somebody wants to talk to you about other sanctioned sectors that maybe we should be keeping an eye on, how would they get a hold of you? I give me a call on my cell phone, 780-905-7729, or uh, give me an email, dlamontang at researchcapital.com. You're, keep, you're keeping busy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, always something. I'm pretty sure. Uh, thanks for your time today. Always great talking to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Ben. All right, thanks for listening to Making Sense. Have yourself a great day. 